Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I ignored the problem. I knew it was getting bigger and I just ignored it. At one point, I stopped going to my mailbox. We've got to make sure we understand what we're paying for in the first place. And that's not always easy to do. These policies are written by attorneys for attorneys. What if we had a show about solutions? Not the same old left versus right. I am right, I'm right. and you are wrong. You're wrong. Boring. <laughs> yeah, something new. Yeah, something new. How to make the world a better place. Yeah. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? So, Jim, our show is about fixes. Let's run it. Okay, all right. (laughs) So, Jim, our show is about fixes. So, to kick off 2016, resolution solutions. What are your New Year's resolutions? We have some thoughts about money, work, and habits. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about our resolutions for ourselves. Our brains play tricks on us, and they can get in the way of our best intentions. Dave McRaney of the podcast You Are Not So Smart talks about confirmation bias. According to a lot of research, we seek out the stuff that confirms firms our biases rather than really searching for the truth. People don't seek out information from the news. They tend to seek out confirmation from the news. Mm-hmm. And if you all you have to do is look at anyone's Facebook feed and as they're sharing stuff with you over and over again, it's always things that sort of confirm their worldview and try to also solidify the fact that we're cool, right? Yeah. Of all the things I write about, and I've written you know, two books about this, and I do this podcast about it, this is the foundational bias. This is the thing from which everything else springs, because it's, it is simply the natural default way that human brains try to make sense of the world. Yes, and I've seen this a lot in some of my work. I used to be editor of Popular Mechanics, and one of the projects we did was a big investigation of the 9-11 conspiracy theories. And so we basically fact-checked all the claims. There were all these websites with all this information, and people would devote weeks and months to studying these things, but they only studied the facts that made sense to them. And they would ignore millions of, of facts that, right. that confirmed the, the mainstream view. And, and they would always have a reason for why they should reject it because, well, that comes from mainstream media. They're in on the conspiracy. Exactly. And when we published a big account showing that all these facts that they were using were themselves incorrect, then we were part of the conspiracy. And they could completely <laughs> yes. reject everything that we said. This is almost a biological malfunction of the way a human brain tries to get to a conclusion when it comes to conspiracy theories, because any information that seems to disconfirm the theory 
you say, well, that's just part of the the operation that was put out there to throw us off of the path. And then any information that's missing, you say, is part of the cover up. That was Dave McRaney on episode 24 of our show. He says, we live in filter bubbles, seeking out things that comfort us. Peter Wybrow, director of the Semmel Institute at UCLA, has done a lot of research on the human brain. And he thinks we often make short-term choices that make sense in the moment, but conflict with our best long-term interests. Well, the human brain actually is, is very, very ancient, except for the part that makes us human, which is quite recent. And so we have a hybrid inside our heads, and it's not well-tuned for affluence and opportunity, and it scrambles our ability to think straight. We're very much short-term in our vision of the world, so being focused on the immediate was very, very important if we were going to survive. Those things are still within us. So we're in an age of affluence now, but you write that our brain is programmed for scarcity. What, what does that mean? It means that we are much better when we have very little because we're very good at figuring out ways of obtaining more. But when you have all sorts of things, these have eradicated the need to wait and to be thoughtful about what we do to catch that creature that's in the woods so that we can eat it. We don't really think about those things anymore. We just go to the grocery store and pick up whatever we need. So we're, we're set up to catch that rabbit or hunt for that antelope and geared to put a lot of intensity in that. So when you can just go and open the refrigerator, we don't know when to call it quits. Yeah, that's right. So what, what you're saying is our brains are not properly equipped to deal with what we've got right now. Yes, the older ancient part of the brain does not match the experience that we find in our extremely affluent culture. So what are some examples of that? Let's, let's look at, for instance, obesity, uh, which obesity rates are very high. I think one-third of Americans are morbidly obese by the Centers for Disease Control. Is that evidence of, of the problem? And, and if so, why? Yes, it is evidence of the problem, but you can add to that debt. You can add to that environmental concerns. But obesity is an interesting one because everybody recognizes it. It's very obvious. When you present somebody with something that's immediately available, you don't have to uh, worry about planning for the future, then we tend to eat it. Even if you want to lose weight, if we were talking about this in the abstract, everybody would say, yes, I should cut out cakes and beer. But when you're faced with it, you forget all that stuff. Peter Wybrow on episode nine of How Do We Fix It? His latest book is The Well-Tuned Brain, Neuroscience and the Life Well-Lived. Yeah. And one of his big points is that, you know, if we're going to have resolutions about diet, exercise or, or getting out of debt or whatever it might be. If they're going to be successful, we need to understand better how our brains work and how we reward ourselves for either sticking to or in many cases, not sticking to our plans. Now, one of the ways we reward ourselves is spending money. Confessions of a Credit Card Junkie is a book by Beverly Harzog. Uh, she's lived through her own personal crisis of bad debt and now helps people repair their credit. I just, I ignored the problem. I knew it was getting bigger and I just ignored it. At one point, I stopped going to my mailbox mm -hmm. because I just didn't want to see I didn't want to see the bills. Mm -hmm. I stopped answering the phone. Debt collectors were starting to call Whoa, me. Whoa, debt collectors were. Yes. Yeah. It was getting bad. And uh, I had my rock bottom moment. And that's really what kind of jolted me back into reality. 
So that rock bottom moment, it sounds so much like what you hear in people's stories of recovery from some kind of uh, chemical dependency. What, what was it like? You know, it's very similar to that. You know, the, the name of my book was Credit Junkie. <laughs> and uh, the reason is because, uh, you know, when you get addicted to credit and shopping, it is like a drug. And there were withdrawal symptoms when you try to stop. Now, uh, you know, when I had my rock bottom moment, because I had trouble stopping, okay, but I think most people in debt have a rock bottom moment, just like maybe a drug addict might. I was at the mall, as I was frequently back in those days. And I was in my favorite, I was at my favorite department store, and I was trying to buy a pair of Ralph Lauren jeans. And so I was standing in line, it was my turn, I hand over my credit card, and they go, sorry, ma'am, your card has been denied. And I had been over my limit, I hadn't paid my bills on time. Remember, I was in serious denial, I didn't even know that all of this was happening behind the scenes. <laughs> so that was my moment, you know, and it was a retail card for crying out loud. You have to be such a disaster to lose a retail card. So I went home that night. I got a glass of Chardonnay for courage, and I started spreading out all my bills and started staring down my debt. Most credit cards have very high interest rates, as, as most people know. It's come down to more than 20%. So obviously it's it's the most expensive way to borrow money. And she says that allowing yourself to carry a credit card balance from month to month is kind of the gateway drug to too much debt. Stop using credit cards if you're in debt. During that time, I used cash. I still had a debit card uh, connected with my checking account. Um, I cut expenses dramatically. Now, I was single at the time and had no kids, so it was easier for me uh, to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every night uh, because I didn't have to worry about, you know, feeding a family. So, you know, it depends on your particular circumstances to what you can cut out and what your plan can be. And, you know, one thing you've also talked about is is getting a little extra income. And you said it's easier than people might think, like, to get a second job. What what are some of the things people have done that you feel, you know, maybe surprised Mm -hmm. them that it wasn't as hard to do as they thought it would be? You know, it doesn't always um, entail getting a second job because usually people cringe, you know, because when you're in debt, you're like over your head anyway, and you have a very overwhelmed feeling. But there were certain things you can do. One thing I did was I asked for a raise. And, you know, depending on what your circumstances are and how long it's been, you know, if it's been a long time since you've had a raise and you do a great job, ask, even if it's for a small amount. Um, I've had friends. You know, if I can just break in as someone sure. who's, who's employed a lot of people over the years, there's an old cliche that women are less likely to ask for raises Mm -hmm. than men. I think there's some truth to that. But it's totally okay to go in and say, I need to raise my income. This is a personal goal Mm -hmm. of mine. And and make that employer think a little harder about how about how valuable you are. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I did go in and ask for a raise. And, you know, I didn't say I need the money. I had the script in my head. I had rehearsed it. And, you know, I said, I've done this, this, and this for the company. And I haven't had raise in, you know, a certain amount of time. And uh, I think I deserve an increase at this point. And as you just suggested, people are surprised by that because I think that sometimes they think they have to wait for things to come to them. But, no, you've got to go out and grab things. <laughs> and if that doesn't work out, look for another job. I mean, you you do not have to stay at that company. Uh, if you've got a 401k and you're otherwise happy, there are other choices, too, that you can work on. Uh, I know friends that uh, were, were in debt and sold some things on eBay. It's interesting, too, to sell some of the things that you collected when you were on a spending spree and that you don't even really need. So there there were all kinds of things like that. And, you know, I think whether it's boosting your income or reducing expenses, uh, no idea is too outrageous to think about. If your resolution is to get out of debt, then then this advice from Beverly. 
the most important thing to do, and it's really quite difficult, is to look your debt in the eye and own it. Okay. So don't be in denial. Don't be in denial. What do you do then? Okay, well, one of the most important things you have to do is to have a budget. And people kind of cringe when I say this. It sounds boring. (laughs) Uh, It sounds difficult, but it's really not. Um, There are so many ways now to automate your budget. And I even provide free worksheets on my website. It does all the calculating for you. You can play around with your budget numbers all you want. And the reason you need that budget is because what we're going to do to get you out of debt is you have to decrease expenses in places, find ways to increase income. You might be surprised at ways you can do that. Um, And then we'll come up with an amount that you can add to your minimum payment amount on your credit card debt. So let's get specific. I mean, people People have told me there are sites like Mint.com, which is pretty good, and then also QuickBooks. I mean, there are, there are ways that you can use technology mm-hmm. to help you manage your debt. These sites are pretty cool. The, the, the gamification of <laughs> budget management. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's not quite as fun as a video game, but there are so many options out there. I personally use Mint, and no, I'm not being paid to say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I really I do. do love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very visual person, and I talk about this a little bit in my book about learning styles and how you can match your personality and your learning style to the right budget application. And see, this is how people succeed when they find a system that works for them that they're willing to keep up with. That's when you succeed. You can find out more. More about getting out of debt at beverlyharzog.com. And as always, everything we do on the show is um, is on our website, howdowefixit.me. And we're always happy to hear from you as well if you have suggestions. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Farnoosh Tarabi, host of the popular podcast So Money, told us about making more money. She says that you have to be your own financial advocate. You have to assume that you care more about your money than anybody else. No one's going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, I think you deserve more money. Or, hey, um, you forgot to read the fine print. There's actually a fee for what you're about to do. You need to be really vigilant in 
reading the fine print, negotiating your worth, doing your research, assume that the bottom line stops with you. And I think that if you can take on this sense of awareness, then then, then good things will happen. I mean, it's less likely that you're going to be surprised by anything. It's less likely that you're going to get taken advantage of. So being your own financial advocate is Farnoosh's first tip. Your second tip is it's about being organized and getting your financial ducks in a row. So, so how do you do that? Well, especially for people out there who don't want to anything to do with their money. They don't like looking at the bills. They don't like thinking about saving. The key is to think of your financial life as a bunch of systems. So you want a system for saving, a system for getting out of debt, a system for managing your bills. And I think the easiest way to get organized is to just get on an automated system with everything. So automatically making sure that when you get paid, a percentage of your paycheck goes to a separate savings account for you for a rainy day, that automatically you have a percentage of your paycheck going to retirement for your future. And so you make this decision once and then you're done. It's just working for you. That's Farnoosh Tarabi from our episode number seven. What I love about her is just this unabashed enthusiasm about money and it's okay to talk about it and you don't have to be embarrassed. I mean, I grew up in that kind of waspy type family where you would never talk about how much money you made and stuff like that. And But I think, but being honest and open about it is, is I think, an important step. Yeah, and I think it's a regret I have as a parent that we didn't talk more with our kids about money and just make it part of the, the normal conversation. And perhaps now they, they, they'd be a little bit better with money than, than they are <laughs> well, first if they need we've to, done that. First they need to make some. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so, Richard, as we've talked about, I'm writing a book about man-made disasters right now. It's really made me think about the way all of us um, we sort of measure our risks. We overemphasize the risks of some things. We think some things are way more dangerous than they are. But then sometimes we completely fail to prepare about other things. Yeah, and a lot of people make mistakes with insurance. Either they don't have nearly enough or they have duplicate coverage with, with some of their policies. Laura Adams is an insurance analyst for insurancequotes.com and the host of the Money Girl podcast. And I was actually kind of interested in, in her take that a, a lot of people find that term life insurance can be a lot cheaper than you think. People drastically overestimate the cost of term life insurance. So if you're healthy, let's say you're in your 20s, 30s, and you want a policy that's about $250,000, it could literally be less than $200 a year for you. Well, when we ask people about the cost of that type of policy, they always said over $1,000. Some even said it would be over $2,000 per year. So that can be as little as like $15, $17 a month. Yes. I mean, for most people who have dependents who would be hurt financially if they were not around, that's huge peace of mind, not only for you, but for your entire family. Let's look at solutions, Laura. One of the things I think you said that's really important to underline is that people should look at what their coverage is for all different things. Right. We've got to make sure we understand what we're paying for in the first place. And that's not always easy to do. These policies are written by attorneys for attorneys. So they're not very easy to read. And so I say, go to your insurance company or agent for help. Just say, can you explain to me what I'm paying for? Tell me in layman's terms what coverage I'm getting. So what are some sources, some websites that people can go to to find out more information? 
There's so much out there. You know, I am a spokesperson for insurancequotes.com. That's a great place for free information and advice. Bankrate.com is another place where you can go for insurance information. You know, also the carriers themselves, the State Farms, Geico's, Progressive's, they've all got great information on their websites. Laura Adams on insurance and maybe some New Year's resolutions from that on episode 21. Neela Richardson talked to us about housing. She's a senior economist with the real estate brokerage firm Redfin. So if your New Year's resolution is to buy a home or to change homes, here's her suggestion. The worst mistake you could make in in the real estate market, which is to buy a home that you don't really want. (laughs) Buyer's remorse after you buy a home is a really tough thing to, to get over. So make sure that you are in a financial position to afford the monthly payment and afford the incidentals that come with home ownership, a hurricane, you know, a, a leaking roof or a flooded basement. Um, those, that's all part of being a homeowner. Um, the second thing is having um, good credit history. Uh, that's really important now as an 18, 22-year-old to start paying bills on time, establishing that credit history. Um, over time, saving for a down payment. As much as our economy is changing, the key things for financial security have not changed. <laughs> so one of the things about renting is it's really flexible. You know, if you're young or sometimes if you're low income, you're a little more likely to need to move around or maybe try a different city, try something different. If you're locked into a house, then there's a lot of transaction costs. You know, the benefits of homeownership don't really accrue until you've been in there. You, you I mean, you could tell me a, a, quite a few years. Right, at least uh, five years. Yeah. So, so maybe... Renting is a pretty good option if your life isn't really settled. You know, I'll never be a shrill for homeownership. It really depends not on the person, but where they are in their lives. And you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I think is a good thing about the financial crisis aftermath is that renting has lost some of the stigma. It's okay to rent. (laughs) It's okay to save for a down payment. It's okay to wait. Um, That's not a bad thing. Neela Richardson on the changing housing market. That was episode 14. Yeah, many of us are making a New Year's resolution to get more sleep, which is not a bad idea. Uh, According to the Centers for Disease Control, uh, America has a sleep crisis. Either we don't get enough or the quality of our sleep is is pretty lousy. Well, you know, after we we tape this, uh, this podcast... I went out and bought a new mattress. Um, and I have to say, I've been, I've been sleeping very well. Jeff Coyen, editor-in-chief of Van Winkles, talked about the problem and the solution. The stuff that's keeping up, is it really that important? No, of course not. It's impulsive stuff to get your mind racing even more. So I really do my best. I'd say six nights out of seven, I put my phone down, I read a book, you know, and we just wind down more naturally. And it works. Is there some kind of ritual people should go through to um, kind of set aside the cares of the day as they head off to bed? That does work. It works for babies and it works for young kids. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are having trouble sleeping, it will probably work for you. Draw a warm bath. Your body temperature matters. All these things that that seem like, you know, for good old ladies or people out in the countryside, it probably works. Draw a warm bath. Have your sleep cues. The, one of the big pieces of advice that doctors use or therapists use regarding sleep hygiene is do nothing in your bed except sleep and have sex. One thing you mentioned was, the, you know, the body temperature thing. Now, I, I came across something that said that actually having your body temperature drop, I actually did a little trick where I leave one leg out of the covers to sort of, to, to sort of cool off and bring my temperature down. That seems to work for me anyway. Yeah, sleep naked? 
yeah. sleep naked. The uh, I forget what the ideal temperature is for the bedroom, but it's a little cooler than you probably think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably good ammunition for many husbands across the country to go to their wives and say, I told you, honey, turn the heat down, or at least, at least in my case. Uh, that's Jeff Coyen from our episode 28. There's a lot more really interesting stuff on his website at vanwinkles.com. And as always, all of our shows are documented on our website, howdowefixit.me. Now, we wouldn't have much credibility if we didn't talk about our own resolutions, so it's, it's time for us to fess up. I want to know what our producer Miranda Schaefer's re- resolution is for this year. When she was talking about the importance of life insurance, I thought that was really interesting because if you die with debt, then that debt will you be know, passed on to be others. passed yeah. on to people yeah. if you share credit with your parents or something like that. Then... So, so are you going to go out and get some life insurance? That is my plan. So let's see if I follow through on it, you know? We'll ask you in 2017. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I I, uh, I think I'm going to try to keep my phone away from my bed. Uh, Jeff Coyne mentioned the importance of, you know... Getting a good night's sleep. Getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. Because we dealt with um, digital devices a fair bit during 2015. And I think one of my resolutions is to try and carve out more time where I turn the things off, where I say, okay... I'm going to put my tablet and my laptop and my phone in another room, walk in and uh, close the door and, and read a book or yeah. read a newspaper. Well, you know, my, my big resolution is kind of along that theme, and it's to schedule more face-to-face time with my friends. And I've got a plan that once a week I'm going to grab one of my, my friends and just have breakfast. In, lunch is often a big production and, you know, it takes you away to your, from your workday. But you can always just get up a little earlier and have a nice breakfast, catch up with somebody. And even people that I might be you know, communicating with on social media, it's really great just to sit down face to face. Yeah, one of our shows, Laura Vanderkamp, talked about families and breakfast, saying you know, that, that we always think about quality time in terms of dinner, sitting down for supper with our family. But breakfast can be a great time, too. You know, she was a really interesting guest because what she did was she actually gave people surveys or notebooks to record how they actually spent their time, and people were surprised to find out how much time they really wasted and how much time they actually do have to spend with their kids or do other important things if they just organize it a little bit better. Well, one of our goals is to bring this show to a bigger audience. So uh, if you can help us, that'd be great. Tell your friends. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. Recently, uh, Miranda did this great guide. A step-by-step guide. It's nice for us when, when you actually download the podcast because it helps our rankings in iTunes. It's important to mention that this is not intuitive. Very intelligent people in my life have trouble doing this. And so you need help, just say you need help. <laughs> How do we fix it? I'm Jim Meggs. I'm Richard Davies. And one of the most intelligent people in our lives is Miranda Schaefer, <laughs> our producer, and our audio engineer, Denise, Denise Barbarita. <laughs> Go ahead, say our audio engineer is Denise Barbarita here at Mono Lisa Studios in beautiful uptown Manhattan. And our music is by Lou Stravinsky. How Do We Fix It is a production of Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. Thanks for Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Listening. Yeah, thank you, and Happy New Year. 